week four in the NFL. A lot of games have concluded this morning. We've still got a couple to come and some being played as we speak. Joining us now from ESPN, it's Laurie Horish. Laurie, good morning. Good morning, guys. Great to be with you. Laurie, look, before we get into what's happened this morning, let's go back to Friday morning, our time. The Bengals too good for the Miami Dolphins. But once again in the NFL concussion, the issue there has been raised with a uh, with a serious one on, on Friday morning, our time. Yeah, to a tongue of Aloha, going down with a serious, serious um, uh, head injury, um, initially, you know, wondering and, and questions and, and concern about his neck as well. Um, this is going to get cast into, it's already in huge spotlight here, but this could be a really transformative um, moment for the NFL and its concussion protocol. Already we've seen a reevaluation and the NFLPA and NFL go into renegotiations about their concussion protocol, um, trying to bring in, um, whilst looking for any unintended consequences, which is what we're looking at, which we're, what we're hearing the reports are now as they go through verbiage, they're really trying to hammer down on those really obvious things where we somewhat, so we see someone, you know, stagger and fall down after a possible head knock, then that's it. They're not going back in the game. There's no ifs, and or buts, which is what happened. So week three, um, Tua gets pushed to the ground uh, by Matt Milano. And in one of those unnecessary hits from a defensive player um, where it's kind of a push after the ball's clearly been released by a quarterback, but their momentum's going backwards, falls and hits his head. Um, it's quite clear. We've seen it in across all different sports, that whip into the ground when you fall backwards. Uh, Tua gets up, um, lose, he's clearly rattled, um, clearly he's holding his helmet, he reaches through his helmet a couple of times, gets up, tries to walk off, goes down, his, his knees, legs buckle, he's helped off the field. The narrative coming out of that was, oh, you know, it was actually a back injury, which, you know, I'm not a doctor, and so I need to be really careful here. But when layman's eyes across social media, across media, across the, the public match up with professional eyes that you're seeing out there speaking out with medical professionals saying that is clearly a result of head trauma... Um, it starts to, to really get cast into some awful light. The fact that he was cleared and played four days later and took a whipped... We're talking about a 300-pound defensive tackle or defensive lineman whipping him into the ground. Truly hor- horrific scenes, really uncomfortable. Is his he, he, a kind of what's described as kind of a neuro- neurological reaction to trauma with his hands prone in a you know, very unnatural um, configuration as he lay down on the ground. Everybody was just asking, why on earth was he out there? The movement now is you're hearing more and more, not just from media, not from pundits, from players, from current players, former players. Andrew Whitworth, former Rams player, Super Bowl champion, has come out and said, this has to be taken out of players' hands. I, he, he can talked about how I was able to game the system. I knew what answers I needed to provide. I actually got myself back into a game when I knew I'd been concussed, and it wasn't until a teammate of mine spoke to one of the staff and said, hey not comfortable with Witt playing right now. I know he's been rocked. Let's get him out of the game. So we are seeing, as I said, I think this could be transformative for the league's concussion protocols. It's just awful that it's taken this type of scenario. As for Tua Tungavailoa, we will see when we see him back on the paddock. The, the coaching staff, the, the operation, um, the, the, the this independent uh, neuro, neurological specialists, they've all been called into questions. And Mike McDaniels, who is one of these young coaches who says a lot of great things and has a lot of great things to say across the board, not just football, but outside of it, a really interesting character. Early on in his career um, as Dolphins head coach, he's been called into question and under some very, very negative spotlight for how this was able to play out under his watch. It was a bad look, Laurie, wasn't it? And, and that footage went global and, and mm-hmm. it's only opened up more... Well, not wounds, but um, issues in regards to all sport, not only NFL. 
Absolutely. I mean, you, you you talk with your mates, you talk with people, your colleagues, you talk in the newsroom, and you, you look at an example like Sidney Crosby, who was a, a absolute pin-up, you know, star, you know, face of the NHL, and how long the league stepped in and said, no, you're parked. Um, does it have to come to something like that drastic? We'll see, but... If Tuatunga Vailoa sees himself, you know, if, if we're hearing about him playing any time in the next couple of weeks, the furor and the just the the, 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 the hand wringing and the frustration from fans, and I'm sure a lot of people within the player community and ex-player communi- community, um, is going to be really loud because it when it is it one we protect quarterbacks, but just protecting players, and, and we can get into helmets and the safety level of helmets, obviously. Growing up in Australia here, we come from footy codes where that's not a priority. We have headgear, not helmets. Um, it's not part of the factor, but it is, it, it's something that I've seen, we've seen a lot of big hits, a lot of nasty hits over the years, a lot of pretty sickening concussions. Uh, but this time the noise seems so much louder because of just how preventable this seemed to be with Tua not, she never should have been out in the field to open week four. As good a game as it looked on paper to start on Thursday night football, Bengals Dolphins. And the history that Tua and Joe Burrow have playing against each other at the college level as well, this is not a matchup that he needed to be out there. No. Now, Laurie, can you tell me how a team can score 45 points and lose? Detroit Lions. Well, you know, defense does matter. As much as, you know, you know, they say, oh, you know what, those TV people, people in media, they love points. Points, 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 points. And look, points are fun. Detroit Lions, a spirited performance. I think it's not going to be the last spirited defeat we see from um, the hard knocks storied uh, Detroit Lions this year. But the defense, especially the back end of their defense, is still a little weak. Um, to be honest, you can run on them as well. The Seattle Seahawks, um, this was the, the Geno Coaster rolls on and this was certainly an upswing for the Geno Coaster. You know, 23 for 30, over 300 yards passing, tosses a couple of touchdowns, gets one on the ground as well. So he goes for almost 50 yards rushing and Rashad Penny breaks loose. He was really the closer here, Rashad Penny, over 150 yards on the ground, two touchdowns for himself rushing. He was really who they turned to and really kind of as much as the, the Detroit Lions off the back of TJ Hawkinson, who is a phenomenal talent. Perhaps underutilized people who draft him in fantasy or have him in multis, um, in, in, you know, their Monday morning multis, probably a little frustrated with how consistent he's featured by the Detroit Lions, but a superb talent who absolutely broke wild and almost, shouldn't say single-handedly, but pretty close to single-handedly dragged the Lions back into this one, tickling up near 200 yards for himself on the day and a couple of scores or in a touchdown there, but, um, it, it was a little too late, and, and for the Lions, it just needs to be a bit more consistent over four quarters. They they did this against the Eagles. This has been a bit consistent from them lately, digging themselves into holes, but then showing that fight that their coach, Dan Campbell, wants to see come back um, and, and run through the roster and, and really spirit some second-half showings. But we just need more consistency there. And look, for, for Seahawks fans, whether it was the Russell Wilson era um, previously or now the Geno Smith era. 48-point performances have been few and far between for a frustrating offense over recent times, so I'm sure their fans will enjoy seeing the uh, the yardage totals and the touchdown tally pick up like that. One name to talk, talk from this, I said defense does matter. Not a lot of defense in this game, but Tariq Woolen, rookie cornerback, super, super speedy for the Seattle Seahawks. He got himself um, a big play there and got himself into the end zone. Just a name to keep an eye on as the uh, as the NFL season rolls along as one of the young defensive stars to keep an eye on. An eye on and watch his trajectory. After two rounds, it looked like everybody considered the Buffalo Bills were on the way to the Super Bowl and probably going to win. Lose last week. Another 
Well, they got a big fright uh, in the match completed this morning. They ended up winning against the Ravens 23-20, but to do that, they had to score 13 unanswered points in the second half. I think, you know, weather played a big factor in this one. We saw both Kyle Murray and... Uh, sorry, Kyle Murray. So I'm watching Kyle Murray throw an incomplete pass there on fourth down for the uh, Arizona Cardinals. We saw Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. Thankfully, they're both mobile and can create, you know, second-phase plays because this was pretty messy uh, at times, and, and the weather contributed to that. The the Ravens jumped out to a nice nice lead there. Um, some turnovers from the Buffalo Bills uh, offense or some, some wasted possessions as well. That kind of flipped the script, and we saw Lamar Jackson have a... Um, he turned the ball over a couple of times. He had a, an interception that careened off his own offensive lineman's helmet and sailed up in the eye for up into the sky for an easy easy uh, you know catch there for the the Buffalo Bills defense. But this one, what we're going to see, yeah, the Bills get a, a I wouldn't say a much needed victory, but considering the hype surrounding them, they'd be very pleased to get themselves to three and one um, at this point. But the end of this game, the Ravens at twenty apiece fourth and goal, very close to the goal line, um, and they opt to go for the touchdown rather than kick the go-ahead field goal. Um, definitely caused some fury and some uh, some heated emotions on the sideline there, some frustration, and that boiled over at the end of this game with Marcus Peters, uh, star cornerback for the Baltimore Ravens, and someone who is a, a relatively volatile character, very talented player, uh, but is known to have clashes. He had clashes with his coaches in college. He wore out his welcome in uh, in Kansas City. He was uh, sent away from the LA Rams as well. Um, he had to be restrained from... He blew up at Coach John Harbour, had to be restrained, took his helmet off, um, fellow teammates and coaching staff intervening to keep them separated. So the, it's certainly boiling over there um, in Baltimore. And just from a, a team that really has looked at their record. They're 2-2 two and two now, and, and they should be better. Uh, they should have a winning record at this point. You could argue they should be 4-0. and oh, And that type of you know decision-making there at the end of the game, particularly um, considering as it had been a stalling offense for most of the second half, um, to put it in the hands um, you know, of, of a quarterback that hadn't had a lot of production from his wide receiver weaponry that day um, when you've got the you know the greatest kicker in NFL history to pop one through to put yourself three ahead. Um, look, it's certainly not a decision that's aged well um, now looking at a three-point defeat to the Bills. Laurie, we've got the uh, the Sunday night game in the States. The late one, our time gets away underway about half past ten this morning. Tampa Bay favourites with tab $1.74. Kansas City are at $2.10 and we've got a flat two-point line. Yeah, I think, um, look, the... the Buccaneers are expected to see some of that receiving talent that's been missing um, work their way back. Still, you know, we're edging close towards game time and we're going to hear about the likes of, you know, Julio Jones and Chris Godwin. Um, obviously, they get Mike Evans back from suspension, which should help the Buccaneers. I think this one's going to be a... You think Brady, you think Mahomes, you think some of their wide receiver and, and tight end weaponry when you think of a guy like Travis Kelsey and immediately think points, but really impressed with the way the defences have played on this one. I think we get a lower scoring affair here. Um, I think both the defensive units, Buccaneers are, are much hyped and, and deservedly so. They've been on that level for a couple of seasons now. But the Kansas City Chiefs really stepped up last week. I think they've used some of their resources to solidify that unit. Um, I'm going to lead toward the Chiefs here. I don't think there's going to be a lot on the ground um, for the Kansas City Chiefs. There's going to it's going to have to be where we see that new look wide receiver core help out uh, Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. But I'm going to lead towards the Kansas City Chiefs here. But yeah, I don't think this is going to be anything like a, you know, 30s for both team kind of shootout. I think we see a lot of defensive stars put their mark on this game, despite the presence of, you know, many people's current goat and many people's future goat uh, in Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes.
And Laurie, just before we let you go, uh, am I right in saying the Philadelphia Eagles are the only undefeated side? Correct. You are absolutely right in saying that. Can they go all the way? Yeah, I mean, I think they, they, this was not their best performance of the season. I think this was their toughest opponent coming up against the Jacksonville Jaguars team that were a lot of people's upset pick. Um, and early on, you know, the two scores down, another game where weather played a part. You know, in dry conditions, does Trevor Lawrence cough up the ball three, four times um, and, and we have, multi, you know, this many fumbles spilling possession over in an eight-point game? No, probably not. But the Eagles did a better job in that situation of, of containing the ball. Jalen Hurts, not a productive day. No touchdowns through the air. Um, honestly, wasn't that efficient a runner. He did run in for a touchdown score. But um, this was uh, a, a team with the Eagles that, you know, they lost Jordan Mailata, Australia, you know, Australian uh, franchise left tackle for the Philadelphia Eagles. He left this game with a shoulder injury, but they were still able to dominate the line of scrimmage there. Get that, especially late, get that running game going. Miles Sanders had a big day on the ground. And just, look, taking care of the football matters in the wet, taking care of the football matters in, in adverse conditions. And uh, and you know what? The Philadelphia Eagles did a slightly better job than the Jaguars, who they were down by a couple of scores. They get it back to, you know, within eight points. And, and they did have the ball there when another costly fumble, you know, turned, you know, sealed the, their, their demise in this one. But they will look at this game going, OK, we slipped back here a little bit. Poor ball control, um, you know, uh, some some errant throws that Trevor Lawrence made forced that he hasn't done in recent seasons, um, or sorry, that he hasn't done in recent weeks, but was more emblematic of what he did last season. So um, they, the Eagles absolutely can. This was a a tougher test. It wasn't their most impressive showing, but the record says 4-0. and um, And look, I think uh, we'll see what happens next week, but they're scheduled to meet the Dallas Cowboys in two weeks, so that'll be a nice feisty NFC East meeting um, between between two teams that, who knows, we'll see how the Cowboys go next week, but who knows, maybe we've got the 5-0 and Eagles up against the 4-1 and Cowboys, so it could be some fun in a couple of weeks. Thank you very much for that, Laurie. Always a pleasure. Now, are we taking Kansas City head-to-head at $2.10? I will take... I, I was listening to the call before, and I know I'm up against uh, your man Leo there, but I will take Kansas City head-to-head. Good on you, Laurie. Chat next week, mate. Thank you very much for your time this morning. Always a pleasure. Thanks a lot, guys.